Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, 17th of February, and the market not behaving itself today. Wall Street was okay, up 64. Our futures this morning were down 20. Oil price was up a little bit. Energy sector strong in the US and pretty much flat here this morning. Themes were the same. Stimulus coming in the US. Case numbers dropping in the US. 85,000 a day. Can you believe that number compared to us? And they think that's good. A fourth vaccine on the way from Novavox, Novavax, an energy crisis in the US, in Texas. Five million people in blackout has pumped the natural gas price through the roof. Bitcoin almost at $50,000. US 10-year bond yield up 10 basis points, which has helped the financials out. China talking about banning rare earths exports to the US because they use it in defense. FOMC meeting tonight. Bendigo, Adelaide Bank and GPT go ex-dividend tomorrow with 36 and 3.1% yields on those dividends. CBA went ex-dividend yesterday. In the strategy piece today, I have done a table of all the results today. Notable ones, Westpac had its first quarter update and their net interest margin is up three basis points. They talk about a good start to the year. Their tier one capital ratio is stronger. Hopes are that they will have the capital strength to be paying out a decent dividend. Share price flying along up 5%. Rest of the bank's not doing anything though. CBA's down 1.5%. I suppose there's a bit of a switch out of CBA into the other banks at the moment. Now they've gone ex-dividend and the sector does usually peak around this time of year. Rio's results are out after hours today. Coles have had results. They are down 5% today and they are taking Woolworths with them. Woolies down 4.7%. Wes Farmers down 2.1%. Results are okay, but they had a warning that the pandemic has been good for them and may present challenges when it's not. They say as business begins to cycle the COVID-19 impacts in the second half of 2021, supermarket sales and EBIT growth are expected to face challenges relative to their prior corresponding period. And that really, that drop today looks like it's broken the recent uptrend. Anyway, pandemic beneficiaries have been coming off the top on results recently. Net wealth as well today down 3.85% on results. Super retail down 1.47%. Bapcor down 1.47%. Car sales down 0.32%. They haven't really been a beneficiary. But one beneficiary that is doing very well is Domino's Pizza. Upbeat results, increased guidance. And their comment is, our view is COVID-19 has brought forward long-term demand for delivered food ordered online in all markets. And they've increased their already increased guidance. So they are up 4.79%. Treasury wines up a little bit on results. But helping us today is we were considering getting out of the travel companies, corporate travel and Webjet ahead of results because the results were obviously a risk. But it seems the pandemic victims are doing the opposite of the pandemic beneficiaries on results. They are going up on results when the pandemic beneficiaries on the back of their brilliant results are going down. Corporate travel up 4% today, Webjet up 1.8% today. With corporate travel saying we're in a good position to capitalize on a recovery in corporate travel activity. We have a strong balance sheet with excess cash for further opportunities. Now very close to a break-even position with new client revenue momentum 
and remain most leveraged to the largest travel markets that are the most advanced in rolling out vaccinations. Ra ra ra. And Webjet also saying that they are powered for travel recovery. So seems we are getting the travel sector right for the moment. Share prices have fallen into these results and looks like these results might just bottom them. Bottom them. Other results notables today: email or EML payments up 15% on results. Whitehaven coal down 8%. I've got a chart of Whitehaven coal with the coal price overlaid on it. It is one of those amazing correlations. Have a look at that. I wrote an article about amazing correlations the other day and Whitehaven coal and the coal price is another one. After results yesterday, BHP research isn't very inspiring. The average broker target price 4% below the current share price. BHP absolutely flying along at the moment. It was up 7% in the US overnight, up 2.8% today post its results. And Rio up 2.4% ahead of results. The NAB or National Bank, NAB I think it's called. No, it is National Australia Bank. I've put the broker research up today and again, uninspired but reasonably positive. Most brokers have a target price 3 or 4-5% above the current share price. Average 1.5% above the current share price. Supportive and that share price is up from $14 to $25, almost $26 since the bottom of the pandemic. Right, today I have what I thought was a very interesting piece about our ETF portfolio. So we're running an ETF portfolio in the markets today, hypothetical portfolios, which are on our portfolios tab. And as I look through the performance, you'll see the performance chart in the strategy piece. But as I look through the performance, the main point to make today is that this portfolio, which has got a spread of exposures to ASX indices, ASX 200, 300, through VAS, STW, IOZ, and A200. So that's around 75-80% of the portfolio in a compounding index in, in compounding index ETFs in the Australian market. Plus it has some FANG, which is exposure to the FANGs, some fuel, which is exposure to US gold miners, sorry, US energy stocks. Got that wrong on the table. I'm going to change that. And hack, which is exposure to cybersecurity. Plus, we've got some exposure to the S&P 500, which has underperformed because it's in Aussie dollars. Anyway, from this very simple portfolio, we have captured the bull market. And since the 1st of August last year, I've taken that because we've done very well in the ETF portfolio, which again is hypothetical. We've done very well because we have done these hypothetical cash calls when we made them in our growth portfolio. So we cashed out as we did during the February-March collapse in the market last year. And consequently, the performance is fabulous. It's up 40.5% in a year. But that's not the point. If you take those decisions out, so we got fully invested again for the last time because we cashed out a couple of times. Uh, the last time we were fully or we, we got fully invested was on around 1st of August last year. If you take since the 1st of August last year, the ETF portfolio is up 15.52%. Our growth portfolio, which is a lot of activity, stress, worry, work, is up 13.27%. And the income portfolio up 11.05%. Point being that this simple, low-cost, low-stress, low-activity portfolio has outperformed all our activity trying to pick growth stocks. And I've got a comparison there of stock picking versus ETFs. 
which is worth a read. Now, I don't want to be promoting the ETF industry. There are these big American institutions that have spent millions and millions marketing ETF, ETFs in Australia. I, I really don't want to be helping them out particularly. But the arguments for ETFs are in the strategy piece today. And it means that for those who really aren't interested in investment, obviously, a lot of you find stock picking enjoyable. You're good at it. It's a hobby. It's an intellectual pursuit. And what you will find is if you do enjoy the stock market and look at it every day, you will find ETFs very boring. Let me for a moment persuade you to give in your Marcus Today subscription and invest in ETFs. But for those of you who aren't interested in investment, who maybe found yourselves stock picking because you set up an SMSF, And you think that's what you've got to do, but you don't enjoy it. You don't want this daily investment activity. You want boring. You are long term. You like the idea of compounding returns. And in Australia, you want access or can get access to exposure outside Australian equities. But you don't want to give up performance. Then ETFs serve a purpose. And this is the main point of what I've written today is that for all that boredom, you're not actually necessarily giving up performance because our experiences, and you talk honestly to any fund manager, they will tell you that being benchmarked to, say, the ASX 300 accumulation index is a nightmare because it is hard to beat. And to beat it, the performance, you've got to stock pick and you've got to get it right. And woe betide you if you get it wrong. But usually what will happen for a fund manager that ends up at the top of the performance tables, they will hold usually in the mid cap space anyway, one or two large holdings that went particularly well. I remember that was the case with Blackmores, which made a couple of fund managers very famous a couple of years ago. And A2 Milk did the same thing. And Afterpay is doing the same thing now. And if you go and look at these fund managers that end up in the financial in the uh, financial times I was going to say uh, in the Australian financial review on the front page for being a hero with a picture of them in a suit looking looking like the cat that got the cream if you then go and look at their portfolios you will you'll often notice some very large holdings in risky stocks so stock picking is fine, but you do take more risk. You do have to hold larger holdings in smaller stocks and you will rarely find that there is a fund manager who's consistently outperforming or getting on the front of the AFR or in the top leagues of the performance tables by doing something run of the mill, by performing or outperforming in a lot of stocks. So there's more risk involved. So there is a place for stock picking if you can get particular stocks right. And we're realizing that we have to, in order to outperform a compounding index, go hard on individual stocks. And I'm not sure our investors necessarily want that. So anyway, our way to capture a bull market is going to be, or one way to capture it is going to be to buy yourself this impossible benchmark, which is a compounding index, possibly throw in some international investments because Australia really is a backwater and you've got a chance of getting good long-term compounding returns without a lot of stress. So we are going to pursue this ETF SMA separately managed account, which we haven't set up yet. COVID sort of held us up and distracted us, but we are going to get that going and provide 
you with the opportunity to capture that ETF style return, which is low cost, low stress, low activity, but also have us manage the precipitous moments in the market by cashing up and also have us manage some more exciting exposures than just Australian equities through Australian index ETFs. Right, that's about that. You will see in the strategy piece today what the ETF portfolio looks like at the moment. You could, if you were long-term, just manage that. I remember writing about one of our members who sent in their portfolio, large portfolio that had significant ETF exposure to it as well. Very good long-term returns. I'll try and dig that article out. Maybe I'll put that in tomorrow. Right, that's about that. Our market down 47. As I leave you, Dow Futures down 53. Loads of results tomorrow. CSL, Fortescue, Wes Farmers, Woodside, Sonic Healthcare, Santos, S32, AIA, Coca-Cola, Origin, Crown, Oz Minerals, to mention a few. Busy time. Rio's results after hours today. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. 